Alrighty. G'day guys and welcome to episode 29 of the Bradley J Driver Experience. Today's guest is so much different to our last 28 or so. Um, she is a past athlete, which we'll talk a little bit about, now internationally signed model. She's gone from Wollongong. She's now currently in London and she's graced the catwalk, the covers. She's pretty much done it all at such a young age. So I'm super excited for this chat. Also a longtime friend, Kira Jones. How you going? Hey, Brad. What's up? I'm, I'm good. I was just saying, we're having a little pre-chat. We're, um, we go back a while. So this is cool to sit, sit here and do this. We are sort of talking the other night about how much days. we've done in the last few years and our school days and life mm-hmm. goes quick, doesn't it? It so does. It's crazy. Every time we speak, I just have like flashbacks to high school and PE Thursdays together with Mr. Johnson. And yeah. um, it just seems like a completely different lifetime. But, it does, um, doesn't yeah. it? Honestly, like when you think about it, it was what, six years ago? Seven six years or seven ago? years ago. It's mad, honestly. How, hey, how old are you now? You're 20. Two? I'm 22, but I'm can't I'm like cancelling out this year because of COVID. So I'm 23. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'm 24 yeah. now, and it's like I was sitting there today because I had a few people ask me how I knew you, and I was like, we went to school together, and yeah. I was like, that's literally seven years ago for me. Like I was yeah. a high school dropout at the end of year 10. So yeah, to think that far th- back is scary. I know it is scary because you were the year above me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy, but I can remember, I can remember most of what's happened for you happening as it did. Um, yeah, See, I'm not, honestly, I actually can't. I feel like it's, I've just blinked and all of a sudden I'm, I'm in London and I'm just doing what I do. Like I can't, I, th- I think back and I see pictures and I see videos and, you know, obviously with my career, there's a, there's a picture for every moment in my life pretty much. Yeah. So I look back and I'm just kind of like, I don't remember it or I can't, not that I can't remember it, but I just can't, it's, it's skipped so fast for me, honestly. Like I, I just, when you're in it, it's hard to keep track of exactly how you got there and how it happened. Yeah. It's just because it's such a last minute job as well. And, and, you know, you'll get a call at six o'clock the night before you have something, it kind of just flies by and you, before you know it, it's been seven years and <laughs> or five years since I've been in London. And I just, yeah, it's been a crazy journey, but you know, I'm still kicking on, still doing good. You're doing amazing, which is great. It's honestly, it's great to see because anytime I know, anytime you see anyone doing well, but especially when it's a friend and someone that you go way back with, it's always nice to see them have success because that's what oh, we're totally. chasing. You know what I mean? So Hey, yeah, let's I, talk early days. So you were back at school. You said PE. Um, I'd like to call myself an athlete, but that's me being on a high horse. I was just a competitive human um, who was average at most sports. But you were actually an athlete. So talk to us about your competitive. Yeah, I was an athlete um, ever since I played netball, ever since the age of four. So it's kind of all I knew. And um all I ever wanted to do was play for Australia when I grew up. And that's kind of like where I always had my goals. I never, I never saw anything else. I never, yeah, you know, like I started when I was four. That's that's just what I did. What I did is what my parents paid for. It's what they pushed me for. It's not, it's yeah, it was just always my dream. And I, 
I played, started playing seriously probably when I was 12 or 13. That's when I started to take it a lot more serious. I started to, you know, work out in the gym and eat proper foods and not just eat pizza every night. And, um, you know, train hard. And, and then I started getting into representative teams. And then I, you know, switched around from cities and played from Wollongong, went to Sydney. And then um, after rep came, you know, state comes. And then I, yeah, I played for Australia probably two years in a row after that. So by the age of 16, I'd played two years for Australia as well. And I can remember that because I can remember you being like super fit. And I almost remember some things I used to get the shits because you were a little bit better than me at them. <laughs> always have a little rivalry in PE, yeah, didn't I? Like <laughs> and I can actually remember you coming home at one point, I think it was from London, and yeah. I would have been maybe 17 because I think I was a PT at the time and I was working at Snaps Fitness and we had a few training sessions and yeah. I just wouldn't even, if you, were, if you were running or whatever, I was like, I'm not even going to go up there. I'm just going to stick here and do my thing. Cause I yeah, I remember I was up. with you as well we did a gym session and we went in together yeah I mean it was I mean fitness is always regardless because I came from a sporting background it's always been in my nature which I'm so grateful for because you know some people really struggle to get that motivation to you know get up in the morning and do some exercise or to even enjoy it in the slightest and I just think like I'm so blessed that I had that sporting background because now for me, moving into modeling, especially, it was just a really easy transition to, you know, you know, I changed what I was doing. I wasn't doing weights and all that sort of crazy stuff for netball, but I, I'm still a passionate about sport and I really have always been like that. So it's a real blessing in disguise because it's easy for me to wake up in the morning and get into shape when I need to, because I love doing exercise. So that's that a good a thing. Massive difference. Hey, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously there's one thing that I remember, I remember like closely chatting to you mm -hmm. about it was that transition from like netball into modeling. And like, that's yeah. a full change of physique because you were fit already. Like you were by no stretch of the imagination, not in shape. You were like well in shape, but it yeah. was a different transformation that you had to undergo of like losing. I still remember you talking about losing like a lot of muscle and really sort of creating that, I guess, that catwalk shape that was yeah, required for your industry. Yeah. So after my last season of uh, netball, I decided to switch into modeling because I got, when I got scouted, that's a complete different story in itself, but I got scouted when I was 16 in Wollongong when I was working um, in a jewelry shop. And I kind of just had to switch completely, you know, from, from a sporty, muscly, you know, like completely agile athlete to um, catwalk ready, I suppose you can, you can call it. But it wasn't like I was pushed to lose, you know, I wasn't pushed to lose weight. I was just kind of told you either choose, you be an athlete or you be a model. And at that stage, I was kind of like, I it's what I wanted to do next. I wanted to pursue modeling. So yeah, it was the hardest 12 weeks of my life and it's crazy thinking back to how I did it but I pretty much just switched and went from weights and you know netball training to just strict cardio and pretty much cardio and abs every single day because I didn't really want to lose my abs that's just kind of you know you've got to keep yeah. something with <laughs> you got to keep some form of trophy right 
Yeah, exactly. So, and you know, it's not easy. It's, it wasn't easy at all. I lost 15 kilos in 12 weeks and it was, it was a lot of muscle. I didn't have any fat to lose, but it was a lot of muscle and a lot of strict dieting going from eating, you know, a lot of carbs to eating strict protein and veg. Um, and yeah, I mean, slowly, slowly, I was a very cranky person for <laughs> for 12 weeks, but um, I got there in the end and my agency was super pleased with me and I flew straight to Germany and did my first fashion week. Let's talk about that because yeah. I can like, I can clearly remember you telling me I'm going to Germany and at the time that sounded crazy because you never, from Wollongong, I'd never heard of anyone from the area that internationally signed to go and, and, and model overseas let alone Germany. Germany didn't like, it didn't make sense. You hear about, you hear about London a lot, you hear about Paris, but there's obviously this massive world of fashion throughout the whole of Europe. Um, so talk about Germany and how that experience come about. Um, so pretty much I just, I got scouted by a lady in Wollongong and her son actually had an agency in Germany. And I'm like, I was like you, I'm like, first of all, I knew nothing about modeling to begin with. And second of all, I didn't think Germany, like it's just random, right? Like you hear of New York, you hear of London, you hear Paris, but Germany, I was like, wait, what is going on? But the story behind it is kind of Germany has a great commercial market for modeling as well. And I'm blonde hair and blue eyes. So straight away, I attract a very, you know, large audience in Germany because it's just kind of, that's what they love. They love the blonde hair, blue eye look. Um, But they also have Berlin Fashion Week. And that's kind of, it's not the largest fashion week, but it's got a lot of designers from obviously within Germany that um, kind of have their own displays on And it's like a mini New York Fashion Week type thing. So it was a good one for me to personally jump into where I didn't have the pressure as much as going straight to New York or going straight to Paris, which I'm so grateful for because it kind of just set me up to learn my walk, to learn how to even do it in the first place and not be in such a large, you know, not have such a large audience that was putting that much pressure on me. I still was really, really nervous because it goes on like fashion TV. Like it's crazy, but it wasn't as scary as jumping straight into a big fashion week like a lot of girls do. Talk to me about fashion week. So when, when you're doing something like that, I don't even know the word for it is. I'm so out of the loop. But when you're modeling, when you're, no, it's not even modeling, when you're walking the shows, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. So when you're walking the shows in Germany for fashion week, I can imagine it's probably evolved a lot from that first fashion week to, to whatever you do now, but are you walking for one particular brand or are there multiple brands? Are there multiple days? What does that week look like? So it's pretty much not a week. This is what a lot of people get confused about. It's not just one week of walking shows and you're lucky and you get to walk all the fabulous shows and look stunning. It's a lot of hard, hard work. And it's probably two, maybe even it can be three weeks, but two or one week. Definitely. It's a strong, it's, it's, it literally, it, it, takes your mind to a different level of what you have to do it's castings 24 7 like sometimes you have them at like 2 a.m in the morning 
and you just run around to all different designers. You line up in lines that are, you know, 50 to over a hundred, sometimes even over two, 300 girls where you're just waiting to walk into a room, do one walk and get told yes or no. And it's, it's grueling because, you know, I've walked in before and not even been able to have a walk where they've just looked at me and said no, or um, can you do it again? But can you do this? Or can you put this dress on? And then, oh, the dress doesn't fit or oh, the dress does fit, but it just isn't right for you. Like it's a very grueling, grueling industry and especially fashion week, I think. So you then you do those, you know, first few weeks of castings where you're constantly casting, casting, casting. And if you're lucky, you'll confirm a show, maybe two, maybe three. But, you know, in my experience, I confirmed maybe in one, one season, I probably confirmed three or four shows for my best, which is quite a lot. And it's, it's a good, it's a good start, but it's also, yeah, it's, it's a long long period of time to be working before you actually confirm something so yeah it just gets a a lot in the end you know and like and so how do you find like for you how has it evolved is it does that process change as you've spent more time in the industry and you have more of a name now or is it Mm -hmm. still very much like going and and doing those castings all the time and Uh having to go through that process it's very much the same. I don't think it really changes for a lot of girls. I think that if you are lucky and you become a bigger name, as in you become, you know, the Candace Swanepoels and the Gigi Hadids of the industry, then maybe, you know, you're not looking at lining up in those lines anymore and you can get your black cars to the shows. But for a lot of us and me included, it's not like that anymore. And for me personally, um, Fashion Week just wasn't for me. And it took me probably three seasons, four seasons, four seasons to realize that. Um, I wasn't meant for the runway. (laughs) I think it just got pushed on me because I was so young and oblivious to it all. But um, I'm I'm more of a commercial model now. So I don't actually do fashion weeks anymore, which I'm much better off and happy for. Um, So now... Yeah. (laughs) So now I just do a lot of commercial work. I pretty much do anything that comes my way. But I do a lot of hair and beauty jobs, um, mainly. Um, a lot of just, you know, like face work, which is great. <laughs> I'm happy. You don't yes. have to stress too much about like what you ate the night before. Yeah. Like and that, I think, that would stress like, me out. Yeah, 100%. That was like something that really ended up getting to me in the end was just like I come from this sporting background of knowing you know, how to be fit, but I never had to turn my life around in a way that I now have to eat minimal or cut my weight even to a a ridiculous size to fit into a a ridiculous size clothing, you know, to go and do these fashion shows, which in my head, I didn't really even care about. I didn't even really want to do. So I kind of made that switch quite early in my career where I was just like, I don't want to do it anymore. And I want to go base myself out of London. I don't want to travel around doing fashion shows and I want to live a happy life and work jobs that I'm happy doing. You know, I don't really, I don't, I just kind of became a bit more picky and choosy with it all, which yeah, it just worked out for the better in the long run. (laughs) It's nice hearing you say that though, because like I, I completely get that. You just want to be, you just want to enjoy what you're doing. 
And it's yeah, so totally. easy to get caught. I, said, I, I saw your Instagram this morning about just being happy and doing things that make you happy. And I couldn't agree more. And it took me such a long time. And because I was so young, I was also growing up and I was, you know, learning about myself and becoming a woman. And it just, it's not, a, it wasn't healthy for me to stay doing fashion weeks and things where I wasn't, I wasn't happy doing them, you know? And it's, it's what you said, like do things that make you happy and it wasn't making me happy. So I stopped and now I'm a happy person. So yeah, that's great. I can imagine. And you said it just there, like you were so young. Like I remember you going and I remember thinking like, if I was thrown in your position, obviously I'm no catwalk model, but I mean like (laughs) thrown thrown on the other side of the world to, to basically be away from family, friends, Mm -hmm. and to have to figure all that out yourself at that age. Cause you were 16, 17 on the other Mm -hmm. side of the world, like trying to figure out who you are, what you're doing in a new industry where there's literally, like you said, pressure and huge critique every day. How hard is it to be that age and be away from everyone trying to figure yourself out? I mean, it's so hard. And I was was 15 when I did my first trip to Germany. My mum actually came with me. Um, And it's so hard, you know, like I, first of all, I was a very mature 16 year old, um, all, all through the beginning, you know, like in high school and stuff, I did see myself as a very mature, mature child, I guess, as I was, I was a child, but, um, moving overseas, it kind of, it kind of, you know, it really shows just how young you are because I thought I was just like this grown up girl that could handle it all. And then I blinked and I'm in Germany by myself in a model house, which wasn't actually a model house because I was the only one in it paying ridiculous rent and not working and just sitting and being. And I remember I watched like the Sex and the City series from beginning to end and the Gossip Girl series from beginning to end and this series beginning to end. Cause I literally, I had nothing to do. Like there was, it, I was in Hamburg, like there's not a lot of work there. So I just kind of, I found myself kind of, I got, I, you know, it was really hard. I got really down on myself. I missed my family a lot. I remember calling them, FaceTime my mom obviously every day, but I called back home when it was my pop's birthday or it was, you know, my mom's birthday or it was this a celebration and I just wasn't there. And I just cried and cried all the time because I'm just missing out on everything, you know, and at the same time I'm growing up, but I'm growing up by myself. So it was just, it's a really hard pill to swallow because you don't have that support behind you you obviously do but it's not there with you it's not they're pushing you on it's not oh I just want to have a cup of tea with my mum when I need it it's like you're literally by yourself in a foreign country and you don't speak the language which was the hardest thing for me I literally I went mute for about six months probably I didn't speak like I was just in an apartment by myself doing yeah. casting in there it's not easy you know I was an hour flight away from home in Melbourne. <laughs> I missed everyone. So I can't imagine being on the other side of the world and like in your position. So I guess yeah. what, what then, cause I remember you coming home just pre London or, or just as you'd started to settle in London, I think you'd been there for yeah. maybe six months. Yeah. What, what made the decision or what made you decide London was going to be home base? First of all, English. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't speak any language but English. So straight away, that was the big sign for me. Um, just also, I signed with a really nice agency, Premier. Um, they, it was like a home for me. I just, you know, the first time I came here, I loved the environment. I loved the buzz of the city. And I kind of just decided, you know what, I worked amazing the first, I stayed in a model house the first, probably the first year. Yeah. Um, I worked amazing. I earned the best money I ever earned in the first three months of just being in London. So I just thought this is it, you know, like this is where I need to be. Like I'm doing this for a reason and I'm doing this to make money and I'm doing it here. So why not? And so after that, when I came home, that's when we um, caught up. I, yeah, I just decided like, look, I'm, that's where I need to be. That's what I'm going to do. And then I came back, got my visa and everything, found a place and I've been here ever since. It's like, I still remember seeing you on, I went to London, I think it was very late, 2019. And you were in Oxford Circus, is it Oxford Circus? And I was in Nike and we caught up out the front for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, I've literally not seen you since. And I feel like life's been a blur. But what's been really nice to watch, I guess, from, from my outside looking into your life it's like, it looks like you're settled now, like you and your partner yeah. are settled, you got great friends and like, you look like you've got your life just set up and like totally moving on, yeah. which would make things so much easier. Yeah, a hundred percent. Look, now it's not, I don't feel like I'm a model abroad chasing a dream. I feel like, you know, I've got a nice job. It pays the bills. I'm not trying to be the next Victoria's Secret model anymore. You know, like I'm, I'm happy with what I have. I've got a lovely partner. I've got a beautiful dog that we just got and I've got amazing friends. And you know, what's nice is that you don't, you don't, it's not that I don't miss home. I miss home and I miss my family so, so much. But first of all, thank you FaceTime because I've, (laughs) I call my mom and my dad and my brother and my sister every single day. I speak to them. I get to see their faces and it makes, it makes it a lot easier and also having brilliant friends, it just, it's, it's not, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it without them because they've made it, they've made, you know, I'm a part of their family now. I, my best friend, Danny, her mum, she's like my mum, you know, like her dad is like my dad and her partner's family is like my family. Like, it's just, you've got to just make your own little cocoon and then you just, you can, yeah, it's lovely. I couldn't ask for a better little group of friends and fam over here. That's awesome. You guys look like two peas in a pod, you and your, your best friend, mate. Yeah. Everything yeah. together. It's great. You know what? And I just, I have a lot to owe to her as well. Like <clears throat> I've got, yeah, I've got beautiful friends. I've got, um, we all kind of met at the gym actually with my trainer, Peter. Um, and from that I've created such a lovely group of friends, but, um, yeah, I've got a lot to owe to Danny. We are two peas in a pod. She she's pulled me out of tough times. She's, you know, she's patted me on the back when I needed it. She's kicked me up the bum when I've needed it. You know, like she's she's kind of just pulled me out of you know any lull that I've ever been in and always just been there. And like I said, she's like my sister. You know, so uh, I think without her, definitely without her, I probably would have come home by now. <laughs> Is there plans to come home at any time? Obviously, at the moment life is like it's very hard yeah. to travel anywhere i was supposed to be in spain right now so that oh, a little bit but I'm like, so imagine it would be even harder because my cousin's in london right now so it'd be hard to get home 
Yeah, I mean, I probably would have come home for Christmas because I like to come home like once a year. Yeah. But um, yeah, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, but I'm kind of I'm kind of grateful for this whole isolation period as well because it's kind it's opened my eyes a lot to my happiness in a way if that makes sense. Hundred percent get it because I've been the same. Yeah, I just think like before I was running at a million miles an hour and I was trying to, you know, constantly better myself and constantly like I was just caught up in this whole, you know, world of what's next, what's next. And now I'm kind of like, hold on a minute. We've had like four months of just being, having to be inside, just me and Dan. It's been, you know, it's really just calmed me down and chilled me out. And I really feel now that I've kind of, you know, you, you get those things in your mind of, okay, this is what I need to do next. And it's not a rush and I can take a step back and, you know, I don't have to exercise every day. I don't have to go to the gym. I haven't gone to the gym in four months and I'm enjoying my exercise better than ever because I've just been doing workouts outside, you know, like yeah. it just changed things so much for me. And I feel, I feel like it was a blessing in disguise, this whole isolation. Cause now I'm like, anything could come at me and I'm ready for it. Cause I've just had that break that I really needed mentally and physically. That's so good to hear. Hey, tell mm. me you're 22 now. This all started at 15 and yeah. even probably started earlier, right? Because like being, I think you're 14 when things started to happen. Yeah. yeah. So looking back on those, let me do the math, six years, <laughs> seven, six, seven. You know, we both left school before year 12. Um, Six years. Yeah. See, what's the highlight been? I know there there were definitely shoots you were excited about, covers, fashion weeks. What was it? I don't think the highlight of it all would be anything that I've done with work. I've worked for amazing designers. I've done, you know, crazy jobs. I've, you know, I've cried a lot. I've laughed a lot. There's been a lot of ups and downs, but I think probably the thing I'm most proud of is just growing up, you know, growing, growing up and being happy in myself now, if that makes sense. I'm proud of the journey that I've gone on as a woman, if that, yeah, if that even makes sense. Like I don't, I don't think my proudest moment is my work because yes, I'm proud of it. And I know that everyone's proud of it and they think it's very glamorous and very, you know, courageous to be able to do it but I think my proudest thing I'm so most proud of being who I am today because I've gone through so much you know I've I've struggled a lot with my anxiety depression mainly anxiety Um, but and it I think now it's just coming out of the other side of it and seeing you know that it's not it's you're never alone you've always got people with you you've you know like you've got your friends you've got your family and I think I'm just most proud of realizing that and realizing that I'm more than my job I'm more than I'm more than you know like the pretty face in the picture that's you know I'm 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 a strong woman and it's taken me a long long time to realize that that could even be the heading for this whole thing (laughs) But you know, but it's but it's so true because it's it's an industry that is is literally people build their perception of modeling or models off the back Mm -hmm. of one shot or one image or one moment or a number of moments in time, which are are literally still frames of twenty four hours of a day where they're living a life that not many people see. And I can imagine 
it's, it's the type of industry that really subjects you to a lot of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Completely. And I was just saying this to my partner, Dan, the other day, I was saying, I look back in my camera role, you know, like I look back to four years ago, five years ago, and I see pictures where, you know, my mum will screenshot and send to me and be like, oh my God, I love this picture. This is so beautiful. Like, this is my favorite one yet. And all I see is like, what, what was happening in that moment? I don't see that. Now, obviously I'm grateful and I've had amazing jobs and amazing days and weeks of work. I'm not saying that, you know, it's been like the, the worst job in the world. It's not like that at all. It's, I'm so grateful for what I've done, but I just think like it's so much more than anyone can really understand unless you're in it. And especially being the girl from Wollongong, that's come to London. And now I, you know, all my friends and fam back home think that I'm just like this huge superstar modeling overseas, but it's a lot more behind the scenes that people won't understand and couldn't understand, you know, like I look back at those pictures and I see the pain behind the picture and I see, you know, like I was lonely, you know, I was by myself for two weeks. I was, um, you know, I, I, I had to not eat properly for that shoot or, you know, I had to, I, I was really sick, but I had to push through, you know, there's loads of things behind the scenes that my memories are a bit tainted by, you know? Of course, but, of course. Yeah. So for you, like you're in this position now where it sounds like you're really happy with the day-to-day life or the week-to-week life that you get to live. Is there anything that, not even in this industry, but like outside of that, that, cause you, we're still so young. Like I forget mm-hmm. that sometimes. I'm 24 and I feel like I've got the rest of my life ahead of me when I actually sit down and think about it. Is there anything for you that you are sort of looking at and thinking, I'd like to have a crack at that or I'd like to achieve it in the next couple of years? Yeah, totally. You know, there's been a lot of things that have swayed my vision along the way. Like, do I want to do this? Do I want to do something else? And, you know, for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything that's happened. I wouldn't change my career. I love it at the end of the day. I think it's such a great great career if you can hack it you know and it's been in a crazy journey and I'm very very grateful but I also think there comes a time and place right like I'm 22 I've done it for six years now so what comes next you know like we said before I've left school at year 10 so that's it's not like I've gone on and gotten a degree in something I've kind of just jumped into this crazy life And now I'm like, oh, wait a minute, what comes next? (laughs) So now I'm at the point where I'm like, you know, modeling's modeling's a blessing in a way that you can do it and also still study. You can do it and get a job if you needed to, if you're not that busy, you know? So at the moment, Rona, it's not it's not like it's a, it's crazy busy at all. It went dead, like fashion isn't a necessity. So there's hardly any work for us models. Um so yeah, during isolation, I've been studying, I've been studying um, media. I know that's like cringe, but I've been studying all sorts of media, public relations. Um, I did think about going back into PT, but then I kind of just thought, oh, it's a very saturated industry, but I do love my fitness, but I kind of love being trained more than I like training people. So that kind of got pushed out the window. Um, and my secret love is interior design. So I was I've, gonna say because I'm kind of looking and I'm like the cabinets in the back there. There's a bit actually of it's really bad. I like my washing right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've always had a, a 
wall behind me is because my place is a little bit messy at the moment. So I'm like, yeah. I get it. You gotta work yeah, angles. Yeah. Um, I've always had a love for it. I just, yeah, I've always been the kid that I'm not sure if you even saw my bedroom, whether you ever came over to my house, but I always had like the perfect little room with the color coordinated bits and like the wardrobe all neat and the jewelry drawer all set out perfect. Like I've always had that obsession with being like clean, tidy and like having like really cute decorated room. And yeah, I don't know. I I think it's always stuck with me and I think I got it from my pop. He actually is like a bit OCD as well. So um, yeah, I just, that's what I kind of think I think I'll get into that eventually. But like I said, I don't know. I'm just starting. I'm just going to start studying and, you know, moving into seeing what I want to do next, really. But there's no rush. I'm I'm doing all right with modeling for now. <laughs> no, you definitely are. One thing I will say is potentially a consideration for you mm-hmm. is maybe like a little cooking business. Because I remember those banana breads you used to whip up. And <laughs> I tell you what. I tell you yeah, what. they were. I'm actually an all right cook. I mean, my boyfriend thinks so anyway. He he's very lucky. I cook every single night for him. So if he were here right now, he would give you the thumbs up as well. Um yeah, I'm not bad. Get that from my nana and my mum. Not bad at cooking. But wouldn't no, wouldn't be my next career choice. <laughs> next career choice. How does, on, on, I just <laughs> Yeah, true. And and then the modeling you may have some issues there because I know I would. Yeah. I've got to be exactly. so careful at the moment. Like it's so, I've always enjoyed eating a lot of food. <laughs> we know Brad. <laughs> and I'm like, I think that's why I have to train so much to like, yeah. I'm like, I'd prefer to train three hours and eat the house down. So I don't I'm actually have the treats all the time. So yeah, I'm actually the complete, like I'm same as you. Honestly, yeah. I'd rather just train and then eat whatever I want, you know, within reason. Yeah. And then, you know, then you don't feel bad. What's the point of like training? Enjoying- food's great. It's the perfect balance. Agree. Hey, tell me, like, so you sort of said it there. It's, I guess the industry as a whole has changed because of social media, right? So yeah. even like social was obviously present when you got into it at a young age, but I think even more so now the yeah, power totally. of having followers and actually being able to interact with people over, especially yeah. Instagram is huge. What do you think, do you see more opportunities through social now? And do you see the industry changing in the direction of, of which models are scouted um, mm-hmm. or find themselves into the industry? Cause it seems like there's a lot more influences that become, I guess I'll paraphrase the word models um because i think a lot of it is based around obviously brand power and the ability to sell a product but what are your thoughts from the inside i agree i think that it's changed completely and i feel like it's happened in a way that it you know we didn't expect like instagram was always there and i remember in high school getting it and it being like this cool thing where you post pictures but i don't feel like i never it never became a part of my world until probably four years ago when it just all of a sudden, you know, it was the next thing. And it's now come to a point where at castings, you'll get asked how many followers you have, you know? So it's not even something that you can do to promote yourself better or, you know, 
clients can go on and have a look at your profile. It's now something that potentially can book you a job over another girl. So I think it's pretty crazy for me, especially because I've never been that big on Instagram. Like I love Instagram, but I've never, you know, made an effort behind it. Whereas I do now. So I never used to, you know, get outfits together and go and take some pictures for Instagram. It kind of just was like, put pictures on when you want. Um, But now it's become a part of my life where if I want to book jobs over another girl, I have to make an effort on it. And, you know, it's making time for that as well as your everyday life. So I think not so much in the way of how girls are scouted has it changed I think there's still a lot of personal scouting routes like for instance walking along the street and girls get stopped or um you know like workers in shops on trains anything like you know you can get scouted anyway yes there is a lot of girls scouted online too but um I don't think that's changed that much um but yeah the influences that are a you know, basically taking over our jobs as models, because at the end of the day, if a client can book an influencer that has 100,000 followers, they're getting free promotion as well, you know, so they don't have to then pay for social media promotion as much because they've already got 100,000 followers. Yeah. See, like when I know when I was in Paris, I was walking along the street heaps and I just kept getting stopped but it was to buy like little one euro Eiffel Tower. So I can't relate. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, I look at it. I look, just... <laughs> it definitely wasn't to be a model. Every time I was like that, you know, someone goes, Hey, and I'm like, Oh, please ask. It's another Eiffel Tower. Okay. It looks like I'm going home. Um, but, no, but I'm like, I see the way that it changes and it literally changes every industry now. You know, even the conversation you said before, personal training is a saturated market. It seems now that unless you have a real following, it's kind of hard to be a successful personal trainer because a lot of it is sold online and a lot of clients come from online programs to train in their own gyms. But it's interesting to see the way that it's changing the world. And I noticed, I guess I asked the question because I noticed maybe like two or three months ago, you're, IG game just like went to another level um like yeah. Instagram video like the IGTV videos and is there a bit of a plan there because it's it's kind of got a fun like for someone who's not like into like I just use I've got one moisturizer I think I buy it from Woolies <laughs> <laughs> and like salt salt water kind of keeps my skin half decent I'm like that's kind of my mix in case if anyone wanted to know um but Give it tutorials. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. me swimming and putting on Woolies moisturizer, but I'm like, I, I look and it's like it's actually fun to watch your stuff. Like it's it's easy to watch even as someone who's not interested in that, which I think is really important. Yeah, because I can imagine there's a massive chunk of your followers that love that stuff, especially yeah, like I'm. It still shocks me today how many women watch like makeup videos on YouTube and how crazy that is i'm like wow okay honestly (laughs) like there's such an opportunity there yeah i agree totally and i think that's what i was just saying before i um i never really noticed how much i needed it in my you know as a part of my everyday life until um in the last year really because i've realized now that 
Instagram is a free promotion of yourself. So why not do it? And why not do it at your best? You know, um, I think, yeah, over the last year, I've put a lot more effort in it, into it. The last few months in isolation, I've had a lot more time on my hands. So definitely it's, you know, it's, it's gotten a lot better since then, but, um, I know I've started filming some IGTV videos with my bestie Danny because, you know, we've both been isolating. We're both full-time models. We've both had a lot more time on our hands recently and we just decided why not? We put it out there. The worst that can happen is people don't like it and people seem to be liking it. So it's quite fun to do, especially when you're doing it with your best friends. So um, yeah, we've got a couple of videos that we're going to keep posting and I don't know. It's just a bit of fun for now. And hopefully, you know, we've gotten some brands that are interested. We're working with a few brands coming up and um, yeah, it's just a good way to get your name out there. And also then you're just a bit more established as well with, you know, for instance, with a brand that we're about to work with, they can then use that content for their own brand and post it on their own Instagram. And then you're getting more views as well. You know, people are then who, who's that girl? And they click and then you've then got another follower, you know? So I mean, you know how it works. It's just, that's the process of it all. So yeah, yeah I think that's just with TikTok yet? Sorry. Have you played around with TikTok yet? No, every, I've literally had four different clients that I work with ask me to get TikTok and I just on, I downloaded it. I'm not good with this. Like Brad, you, you had to teach me how to turn the microphone on, on this call right now. Like I'm not good at all this tech savvy stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I can press yes or no on a phone, you know, like I'm not good at it. So I think eventually I'll have to get onto the TikTok bandwagon. You're really good at it though. I love yours. <laughs> Mine is me taking the piss out of myself, which is quite unfortunate if anyone ever wanted to take me serious again. I like your TikToks. They make me laugh. I wake up in the morning and I watch your TikToks and I'm like, oh my God, you're just the typical Aussie bloke just having a go. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I try to be anyways. So like... <laughs> So obviously you're in the middle of London. Like, so I was saying before, my cousin's there at the moment, her and her partner are paramedics. And I love, I love hearing their little travel stories at the moment. Obviously that's all halted. Is there opportunity for you to do a bit of travel and sort of jet around between all those beautiful European countries? Or is it kind of hard because you're waiting for the next job and booking and it can be inconsistent? Mm. Um, it is hard. One of the things that I've struggled most with is not being in control of my life. Because as a model, you get told the night before, like I said before, you get told the night before what you're doing the next day. And that's been super hard for me because I've always been a control freak. I still am a control freak. So not knowing what I'm doing is it's been really hard to catch on to. But now it's, I think as you grow up and as you, you know, you've been in the industry for a long time, you then have more of a say. So I've got, you know, when I was younger, obviously whatever I got told I did and um, I didn't question it. I didn't say how I felt. I just did it because that's what I thought I had to do. But now obviously I'm older. I know the industry. I know what I want to do and I know what I don't want to do. So I can, I can turn things down a lot easier. Not that I turn down a lot of work. I love working. I love you know, my agency now I've with the Nevs and they're a great agency and, you know, they, they respect me a lot in the way that they were not going to get me jobs that I don't want, but, um, or I'm not comfortable with, but, um, now they, you know, I just, I kind of go with the flow and 
if if jobs come up i do them if i've got and the, the beauty of it all is if you want to book a holiday you can book out from work so you can easily turn around and tell your agency you know what i'm going away for this week i've got this holiday booked and you can just block out the whole week and then that way they're not gonna call you and be like you've got a job right now because you've already booked out that sounds so, like a much healthier relationship with work than what it was in the beginning totally yeah which is like how and like even even for me I really struggled with like, I guess because I lost, I lost passion in the work that I was doing when I was selling houses, but I really struggled with like getting that late call for an appointment. And because I always felt obliged and like, like I needed to be there and do it because it was the right thing to do. Like if it intruded on like a dinner or a gym session or something, it like it boils your blood and it's hard to not have control of your life. And now that I have that back after three or four months, you know, podcasting full time, which is amazing. It's the best lifestyle on the planet. Start a podcast. I swear. It's, um, it's, I think it'd be hard to lose that control again. Yeah, I agree. It's like, it's one of the hardest things that you'll have to do is, is in a job not having control over your decisions you know or like what of what you have to do next and it, and like I said in the beginning it wasn't easy because I felt obliged to do what I was told but now I'm in a position where I can easily call my bookers and be happy and say to them look I'm comfortable enough to turn around and say no or um you know I actually had this planned on this day or you've just kind of got to have that relationship with your agency I think most important thing because having that relationship you can easily turn around and tell them what you're doing whereas if in the past I haven't had the best relationships to be able to turn around and say I don't want to do this or you know like I actually had plans you know I kind of just went oh okay yep yep I'm there yep okay yep like not it's not happy you're not happy doing that it kind of like it kind of ruins the whole experience for you too. Cause you're rocking up to a job with like a frazzled mind. Like, Oh, I just, I just rolled out of bed or like I wasn't ready, you know? So I think now it's just having, it's all about having that healthy relationship with your agency that you can turn around and tell them how it is. And they're like on your side, you know, they're, they're, they're going for you, you know? Definitely. Hey, I've got yeah. two questions. Cause I feel like we could sit here and probably chat for hours, but that would be us catching up. <laughs> and I'm like, Absolutely. I want to kind of keep it relevant, relevant for the <laughs> listeners. But I've got two questions to hit you with before we finish. The first question, yeah. is it still like this many years in, is it still a novelty that you're Australian? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And I, A lot of people think I'm American. They can't, they don't really know what I am. I'm like a mix between Australian and American to them, I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think being Australians a huge, a huge bonus over here as well. People love the Aussies and like every, every single job I go on, honestly, they go, you got shrimps on the Barbie. And I'm like, eh, we don't even call them shrimps. No, like exactly. Prawns, and we don't even put them on the Barbie that often. We have sausages. So, but yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of people love Aussies. So it's still, yeah. That's great to hear. I love it. And then last question for you is, I guess like you've, like you said, you've done the fashion weeks, you've done plenty of different things where you've met huge amounts of people and obviously people from all different walks of life. Who's been like the starstruck moment 
where you've gone? Am I literally in the same room as this person? I don't even know if I should say it on a podcast. <laughs> um, I've met Leonardo. That was pretty crazy. Leo, he's my... F- okay, so... <laughs> that's mental because... I've met Leonardo. He's, for me, like if someone said, if you could have three people from anywhere in the world or any walk of life to come over for dinner and have a yarn to, I'm 100% saying Leo. That he's the best. Oh, I wish I had a better story. We didn't really get into deep chats, but um, yeah, I met him. He's, he's cool. I, honestly, it's like a normal person. When I went to LA, I thought, that I was, I was so starstruck. I was like meeting all these famous people. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. But they're normal people, literally. They're the yeah. same as you. So disappointing. <laughs> I just wanted to be like, Jack, never let go, Jack. Yeah. But didn't get the joke, you know. He's literally <laughs> the greatest actor on the planet. He is. He's brilliant. He's really brilliant. Oh, that's, that's actually cool. I was kind of expecting someone half decent and then you hit me with Leo and I'm like, fuck, I don't even have to say. <laughs> there you go. Hey, but honestly awesome to chat like stick around for a little bit after i close off the episode so we can have a yarn but it's been really nice to share your story because i think a lot of people you know i'd like to think that there's there's plenty of the the experienced listeners from all over the planet i can see the analytics there's a few of you in new zealand the us the uk which is really cool to see but there's still an amazing australian audience and a big bunch of those people are wollongong or gong folk that continue to support me and and really show a lot of support and help me grow the podcast and everyone's loving it i've literally not had i can honestly say and it it's heartwarming i've not had a single negative message about any episode on the podcast or anything i'm doing with this platform which is an amazing feeling and like i continue to get positive messages of support from people that i've never met or never crossed paths with before so Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the Kira Jones story. And Uh, where can everyone find you on socials if they want to follow along? My Instagram is Kira Jones with two I's, two R's. And that's it. I'm just an Instagram girl. I don't really have anything else. So if you want to follow me, follow me. Thank you so much for having me on. I love your podcast. I am one of the original Wollongong lovers. So I'm with you still. You're too kind. You're too kind. Mm -hmm. Hey. Give it a five-star rating, subscribe, share it around. Big love. Thanks for listening.